0: So thank you for joining us as we elevate the Black entrepreneur experience by interviewing CEOs, thought leaders, innovative thinkers, and Black entrepreneurs across the globe. I'm your host, Dr. Francis Richards. Our next guest is a speaker, educator, and curator who inspires audience to think about the intersection of performance, diversity, inclusion, transformation, climate, and equality. Welcome Evolve Benton.
1: Thank you so much, Dr. Francis, for the warm welcome. I'm I'm so thankful for this platform that you've built and thankful to be in the space.
0: I've given our audience such a brief bio. Why don't you fill in the gaps and share with our audience what you'd like them to know about you and your business?
1: That is such a great question. Thank you so much. So folks who are listening, thank you so much for listening to this podcast. I'm Evolve Benton, and I'm the Speaking for Profit coach coach. The one thing that I want you to know is that your voice is a vessel to create impact in the world. And you can also use it to make some extra money. Uh, I've been public speaking for over a decade, but the places where I've really been able to see the most transformation in my life has been in the way that I speak to myself um, in the way that I empower self-love within myself. So I really support my clients and the folks I work with, with building out our relationships with ourselves, because if we're able to give into that cup, and it's overflowing, then we're really able to over deliver in our audience. Um, The other thing is that I'm from Los Angeles, California. And I'm a diehard Laker fan. So shouts out to all those Laker fans out there. Um, And I did my undergrad in New Orleans, I always like to mention that. So if there's any HBCU alums listening, um, we have that connection as well.
0: You know, Yvonne, what are the things that uh, when you talked about doing that inner work with yourself in order for you to be like, really show up for your clients, I've never heard it's um, spent like that. So just do a deeper dive there. You're on mute.
1: Thank you so much. I'm getting used to this new app. I think I picked the button and I clicked on my profile. Um, but yeah, so the deeper dive with yourself, it really started in my, in my journey when I was doing LGBT, lesbian, gay, bisexual trainings and a nonprofit in North Hills, California. And I was doing that early in my career about 10 years ago. And what I noticed is that every day that I would go in and do these trainings, I was feeling more and more fatigued. Um, And what I realized was that I was feeling fatigued because I was giving a lot out, but I wasn't doing a lot to give myself within. Um, So I I made it a practice that in order for me to be an amazing trainer, and amazing public speaker, I have to have a pre and post talk ritual. So for me, my, my pre talk ritual consists of affirmations and things that I say to myself to empower myself, like speaking for prophecy um, going for a walk, doing these things to make sure that I'm giving to myself. And then even after a speaking opportunity, I have a way that I come down from that moment, especially if I'm talking about topics that are intersecting with my identity, uh, to make sure that I'm, I'm not burnt out and I'm able to continue to do this work. So those are some of the strategies that I've been able to use. Um, Dr. Francis, are there any things that, that, that you use in particular um, as a speaker and, and podcaster that you can relate to in regards to that?
0: You know, I do. I like what you said about that in reference to a lot of affirmations for myself. Um, and that is, and I do a lot of um, meditation and um, biblical work um, for myself. Um, did not take it from the standpoint filling my cup in order to fill up the cup of my clients, so I like um, when you said that. Talk about you—that's a very unique name.
1: Oh, thank you so much. Yes, it's, it's so interesting when people see my name, they'll they'll say "Evole." I've been called Eve, but it is evolve, and I, I actually found my name in meditation. So it's so interesting that you mentioned that, Doctor Francis. I was doing some deep meditative work and i was asking you know spirit what am i here what am i here to do what am i meant to do and and the name that came up was evolve i, I literally woke up that morning i called my boss i said this is my name i'm going by i told my family I, I told my partner at the time and and we've been rolling with it ever since and and i think that it's you know it's a spiritual connection to the name but it's also a, a daily calling right to 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 evolve and to be a part of evolution on a daily basis.
0: Talk about clients. And I was reading your bio and you have done an amazing job telling your story. Tell a story and you don't have to give um, specific names, but tell an impactful story about a client that you help get to that six or seven figure mark.
1: Thank you so much. This is, this is always a great question to be able to explore um, being in an act of service with our clients. I I really love this question. I really love this, this thought. And the one thing that I want to say is, you know, speaking for profit, we, we are definitely committed to supporting people with financial um, upgrades. That's what we call them. But I think with, with any financial upgrade, there's an upgrade to life. So with this story, Uh, I've been working with this client in particular. I'm not going to name them, but for a year, uh, they are a health and wellness coach, a holistic health and wellness coach. And when we first started working together, they're only seeing people one-on-one. They were very burnt out, um, but they had some amazing topics that they, they felt like they could share. And they were undercharging, right? Like they were charging maybe like $500 for a speaking engagement when they were spending two to three hours with the organization. Um, So we really started to work on their brand. Uh, We started to work on their messaging. And ultimately, um, what did they want to provide for the world? And what did they want to provide for themselves? Uh, So one thing that we have every client at S4P do is put together a money bag prophecy. And it's almost like a, a vision board of what do you want from life? Not just the money, but what do you want? Do you want a house? Do you want to be able to send your kids to college? Do you want to not wake up on Mondays early? (laughs) Whatever, whatever is connected to you. So this, this client made a money back prophecy and he put on the money back prophecy that he wanted to make $80,000. And I believe he ended up making $80,000 and a little bit more, right? Just from his speaking business, this doesn't include the training he was doing with clients or his nine to five. And that's how he was able to hit those six figures. But I think what's so powerful about his story in particular is that he really started with the simple thing of, of visioning his life and going out after speaking opportunities that gave him an opportunity to build with capacity. So for him, he didn't have an opportunity to speak three, four, five times a week. So I told him as a coach, that means you have to go up on your price, right? If you don't have more opportunities, that means that the opportunities that we get have to be higher paid opportunities. So he established that he was only going to speak for five to $10,000, and those were the only opportunities he was going to accept. And that's how he was able to get to his $80,000 goal in about six months. So I really, I really love that client. I'm still working with them to this day. Um and when they re-signed up with me recently, they said, Evolve, thank you so much for always showing me how to invest in myself, not just financially um, but holistically.
0: And fill in this blank. Thank you, pandemic because.
1: Mm. Yeah. Thank you, pandemic, because you allowed us to slow down. Um, you allowed me to get more connected with spirit and you birthed Speaking for Profit University. This is a, a company that I started um, actually November of 2020. So it's fairly new. Uh, and, and it was started in active service during that time. So thank you for that moment to slow down and to serve.
0: And what were you doing prior to that?
1: I was actually working at a university doing diversity, equity, and inclusion work and consulting on my own. So I was I was speaking as well, consulting other organizations. And the reason I started to do this, Dr. Francis, was that when the pandemic hit so many of my my friends, my family, my loved ones, they lost all their work. And I was still making money speaking on Zoom at different conferences and events. So I started teaching people that I knew that were very close to me how to do it including my amazing partner. And then I, I seen that the strategies I was using, and the things I learned actually worked. And I was like, oh, it's, this means that I can impact more people. I, I really want to be able to serve them.
0: Advice you wish you had followed. Oh,
1: advice I wish I had followed. You know, I often think about my, my mother and, and shouts out to amazing Black mothers. I, I think that there's just so much space to explore and to celebrate them. Um my mother passed away when I was twenty one years old, but she used to always tell me to slow down and to rest more. Um and I am a recovering workaholic. So I wish that those messages would have hit me a little bit sooner because I've definitely had my moments where I've burnt out and I've you know went a little bit too hard. So that's the thing that I, I wish I would listen to is just Slow down and, and rest first. Rest before you work. Rest before you work.
0: Evolve, what problem exists in the world today that you would like to solve? Mm.
1: One of the biggest problems that I see, especially in the speaking industry, is that when you look up the highest paid speakers, um, no one really looks like us. A lot of folks are, um, you know, white men or even you know, maybe even a couple of Black men. Um, and I think that that's a problem, one, because of the financial burden that Black folks have, but two, because of the voices that we're hearing consistently. So one problem that I'm I'm hoping to solve with, with Speaking for Profit University is giving an opportunity for diverse leaders to be those top paid and top heard speakers in the world uh, so that we can hear more diverse stories and so that we can build wealth for our diverse communities.
0: Someone is listening to this podcast and your message is resonating with them. How do they connect with you? And what services, if they came through the door, what services would you provide? Thank
1: you for that question, Dr. Francis. Uh, Well, you know, I'm all about supporting you with what you need in the moment. So what I will say is Speaking for Profit University has several services from how to put together a proposal to how to support you in your mindset when it comes to really thinking about being a speaker that over delivers so that you're rebooked over and over again. Um, But one of the biggest things that we offer is integrity. So before I could say this is a perfect course for you, or this is a perfect program for you, I want to get to know you, right? So um, if you want to get to know me and you want to have a conversation, feel free to text me. My number is 323-405-9492. Again, that's 323-405-9492. And you could just simply text me the word SPEAK, Um, And I will message you back and see if there is an opportunity for us to be aligned and to work together. Uh, One of the main services that we do provide is coaching and community. So we have a community of over 800 diverse leaders in our Wealthy Speaker and Consultant Society, where we literally pass the bag, pass opportunities to speak and give strategies and knowledge every day. So I'll definitely send you an invitation to that. Just send me that text message so that we can get to know each other and see if we're aligned to work together.
0: That's awesome. Thanks for that. Talk about building community. How do you build community?
1: You know, one of the one of the cornerstones, I believe Dr. Francis to building community is is really allowing for authenticity. So one of the things that we're really big about it as for p and i'm I'm smiling right now because we just actually had our community call we do a, a monday call every monday we have a call and we call it our momentum call because mondays can be really challenging for entrepreneurs and just people in general so it's a way to get pumped up for the week but we go around we say our names we always say our pronouns and we usually talk about wins or challenges of the week and i think the the way that you build community is is having a space where folks can not just focus on their celebrations, but also some of the challenges that may be coming up and ways that we can support one another. Um, And I think bringing in that aspect where folks share their pronouns um, always gives that inclusivity that makes everyone who's in the space feel like they're involved and seen and, and particularly heard in that type of way.
0: Wow, that was a lot. So, let's talk about pronouns. And do you find that when you when you talk about being very inclusive with the pronouns, do you find that older generations, they feel the same way about wanting to talk about the pronouns or and you're finding across generations that's what everyone is accepting the pronouns.
1: Yeah, you know what? I think it just depends on people's walk of life more than more than probably age group. We have folks in our group who are in their 50s, some folks who are in their 60s. And the biggest thing that I hear, Dr. Francis, is often like, what is that? Like, it's more of like, what is a pronoun? Why are we using it? And once I explain to folks that we're we're using it because we want it to be inclusive, we want to make sure we don't misgender people, and I explain to them the process, most folks are down for it because they want to respect the space. And then the other thing that we do at S4P is everyone has to sign community guidelines before they join our community. And one of those aspects in that is that we respect everyone's diversity. So while we do create space for pronouns, we also use otter because we have some folks in our space who are hard of hearing. So we want to create space for that. Um, We also tell folks to respect all diversity. So we try to like make sure we're paying attention to all religious holidays, not just the ones that are on our calendar that are anchored in Christianity. So, I've really tried to take the work that I've done in the diversity, equity, inclusion world and make sure that those moral values are connected to my business, um, because it's just a, it's a part of how I roll, and, and I want to make sure that folks feel as included as possible. So, I would say for the most folks, the folks who are attracted to me. And, and want to be in my space, they're pretty aligned with it. And usually it's just a question of what is a pronoun and how do I use it in the best way?
0: Thanks for that explanation. You talked about wins and or challenges for the week. Tell me your win for, I know the week just started. So if you want to back up to last week, if you haven't had a, ch- a win for this week, feel free to share.
1: Yeah. So one of the wins that I was actually telling my clients about today, and this is from last week, is I'm working with this amazing company in San Francisco, and they're an arts organization. And I'm doing some DEI work with them, particularly helping them with their DEI roadmap. They want to create a roadmap for the next five to 10 years. But a part of that has been doing focus groups. And the focus groups have been going so well. And I think that the reason they've been going well is that people have been able to build trust with me because I I led from the lens that I'm not just a diversity and ed, diversity, equity, inclusion educator. I'm also an artist. So at one of our, you know, meetings I entered with a poem and I shared some writing exercises with them. So what I really appreciate is that these folks are able to feel trust and feel like they want to commit to talk to me and share their, their values with me. And it's not just because of my education, but it's also because of me being an artist. So I think that that's a win just because that's something I'm exploring more. And and I love that intersection of, of my identity right now.
0: And share your latest challenge this week or last week.
1: Oh, you know, the challenges of an entrepreneur, um, I would say one of my biggest challenges right now is that I'm I'm hiring a new team member and I'm creating workflows and standard operational procedures and I wish I did a lot of the work before so that I would um
0: You there? Yes, can
1: you hear me? It.
0: I can hear you now. You uh, okay, great. At, I'm
1: sorry about that. You, that's Where a, did I stop that?
0: You stopped that workflow. You wish you had um, produced the workflow and the standards prior to hiring.
1: Yes, I wish I had produced all of those workflows, not even prior to hiring. I'm hiring them now, but as I was doing them. Right. So that's one pro tip that I'll give to entrepreneurs that are listening to this is as you're working on, let's say you're sending out an email that you send every week, go on to Loom or somewhere and record yourself doing the action so that when it comes to passing along the task, you don't have to go back and create it. Because many of the things that I'm creating right now for this new employee that I'm hiring, it's things I've already done but I did not record them or, or write them down. So now I'm having to create the workflow. So that's been a challenge, but I'm almost there. I'm feeling really good about it. And um, I'm hoping that we'll be able to bring them on in the beginning of July.
0: Congratulations on that. And how do you celebrate your, your wins evolve?
1: Yeah, you know what? The way that I always celebrate my wins, and this is actually, this is a great question, Dr. Francis. This is a part of our S4P roadmap we always want to celebrate with our VIPs. So actually last night uh, I went out to dinner with one of my clients who's one of my friends um, and his amazing partner and, and my amazing partner. And we, we had dinner and, you know, we celebrated our VIPs to very important people because when we're away doing work, whether it's speaking, consulting, training, we're away from our families, right? So making sure that they're a part of the celebration, whether that's going out for a meal Um, my partner and I are going to Portugal next month, whatever you can do to celebrate with your VIPs. That's, that's what I make a priority when I celebrate. How do you celebrate your wins?
0: I celebrate my wins with a massage.
1: Yes. (laughs) I had a really good tight massage a couple of weeks ago, but it was, it was good, but it made me sore. It's one of those in-betweens where I'm like, I liked it, but afterwards I had to adjust a little.
0: Yeah, I, yeah, I'm a, I'm i um, I'm a massage and therapist, um, princess. So absolutely love, love that. So yeah, <laughs> I want you evolve to have a monologue and I want you to name this person living or not. This person has inspired you so much. What are you saying to this person and Why?
1: I'm thinking, as you said, living or not, I want to bring my amazing grandmother Betty Childress into the space. Another amazing black woman, Um, and I, I I would just, you know, grandmother, I give you so much gratitude for making it and and growing a family in Los Angeles with only a fourth grade education. um, For all of the amazing fried tilapia and french fries and greens that I miss to this day, um, and for always empowering me to love myself, to fight for what I believe in, um, and to use my voice. So I always say that the vessel of using my voice definitely came from my amazing and, and beautiful grandmother that I miss dearly. So I will call her into this space and call her into this interview.
0: Let's talk about raising capital. How did you raise capital to start your business?
1: You know, this is a this is a really great question. The way that I raised my capital was through doing a beta group. So when I started speaking for Profit University, I was actually thinking about just starting an online course because that's what I seen out there. And then I, I ran into a mentor who was like, have you thought about coaching them because I think 75 to 85% of folks don't finish online courses without some type of accountability. So I I reached out to friends, family, I I posted on the Facebook, I posted on Instagram, Hey, I'm starting this beta group. Uh, It's a new group. I don't know how it's going to work, but I want to support you all. And I I had folks invest $1,500 per head for eight weeks and I had 15 people sign up. And The great thing about a beta group is it gives you an opportunity to test it out. People already know you're testing it and people want to give you feedback. Um, So I use their feedback and that profit to continue to market my business and continue to bring in every cohort that we've had and speaking for profit university. So for folks who are interested in, in starting online platforms, I always suggest that you do a beta group so when you can validate it. But two, you can bring in a little bit of money for it to be able to run it and actually put it on, um, because oftentimes people create products and services without validation, and then you you waste a lot of time, energy, and you end up wasting a lot of money as well.
0: That is a great suggestion. And so are you still working your nine to five or are you full time as an entrepreneur?
1: I am currently still working my nine to five. I am on the way out, I would say very soon. Um, (laughs) Hopefully my boss doesn't hear this, Um, but I'm very much still there. And I'm still there because of strategy and all of my entrepreneurs listening probably know this, my, my, my beautiful partner and I are, hoping to buy a house soon. And that W-2 definitely is a little bit more helpful sometimes than the 1099s that we get from our side business. So once we get our first property, um, I plan to be a full-time entrepreneur and and really be able to give the full-time energy to my business. But I'm so thankful for my team. I have an amazing accountability coach. Uh, We also have a couple of students who have came on to do services for us that have been a part of speaking for profit university and a, a amazing executive assistant that allow us to really make this happen. Cause I, I surely couldn't do it by myself.
0: And would you recommend other entrepreneurs and do you coach um, your clients to continue to keep their nine to five or does it, depend on the client?
1: It really just depends on the person's goals, right? Because having a nine to five, as long as it's not something that's toxic and taking away from your your business, then it's a great space. I, I work with speakers and trainers and consultants who, who will tell me, Evolve, I just want to speak once a month. I'm just trying to make a little bit of extra money so that I can invest it into my daughter's college fund or into me being able to start another business, right, that I want to start. So if you want to speak full-time, right, and I say full-time is something where you're speaking maybe once a week, right, it might be a little bit more challenging. But if you're willing to do it on a part-time basis, I definitely think you can keep your nine-to-five. Now, I have had clients who have came to me because they want to start speaking to leave their nine-to-five because it's a toxic environment or they're not getting paid enough or whatever it may be. And we've had several clients who have left. Actually, one of them is in my living room, which is my uh, amazing and beautiful wife. Uh, She left her nine to five last year and is is full time speaking and consulting. So it's definitely something that I don't don't push people to do without really thinking about the strategy, what's the next steps. And it's not really about money. It's more about you building your financial wealth. And for some people having that nine to five, like I said, buying a house or maybe there's some credit that you're trying to build up, like, you know, build up your personal and business credit. There's different strategies where sometimes it's cheaper to keep her. That's how I put it when it comes to your nine to five. But if you're ready to take that leap, we do have strategies to be able to support you to take that to the next level.
0: Now you have, you offer the, one-on-one coaching
1: or group coaching and a course? Yeah, great question. So the way that our program is set up, Dr. Francis, is that for some of our clients, we do do some one-on-one coaching um, and that's usually once or twice a month. And then we have a group coaching call every week. We have an online course and then everyone gets access to a monthly masterclass and that monthly masterclass is depending on the topic so the topic of this month for may was money making may right so we talked about at our masterclass this month what are the different ways that you can make money with your voice so yeah you can go in and do a keynote you can do a, go do a training but you also can create an online course you can create your own podcast right so we 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 have those aspects that are able to support our, our clients to taking it to the next level. I would say our our course is amazing because it gives you the opportunity to explore being a speaker, but it also gives you tips on putting out your first master class or if you wanted to create a lead magnet like a book. So we're really trying to support people in building profitable businesses that don't burn them out. And that's why I always want people to have a digital aspect side of their business, not just going into organizations and speaking, but building an audience so that you can create a product um, and create influence and create wealth for yourself as you move and build your business.
0: Talk to a younger you, Evolve. What advice would you give to a younger you?
1: Ah. It's, it's this is such a uh, a question that it resonates with me. I have a writing exercise that I do with young people, not young people, not that much younger, but um, young folks that I've worked with around talking to their younger self and particularly writing a love letter to yourself. So if I could speak to myself, I'm going to pull out an age, I'm 35 now, and I'm not ashamed to say it, um, 35 as they say, and I will speak to myself when I was 15 years old and If I could speak to myself at that time, I would say, Evolve, I I really want to send you the energy to be yourself um, and to know that no matter what you do, no matter what path you choose, no matter what college you choose, no matter um, where you go, you'll always be okay, right? Because you have amazing ancestors, you have an amazing spirit. Um, And you have an amazing voice that's going to impact the world. I would also tell myself to continue playing basketball. It is your favorite sport. And to do more poetry opportunities, speak more, use your voice more, because one day it's literally going to make you a ton of money.
0: So you talked about going to college. What did you major in and did your major help you with your business?
1: Yeah, I went to Dillard University in New Orleans. So shout out to all my fellow DU alums. And I majored in communications and English. So I guess it did work out. Uh, When I left Dillard, I got a master's in clinical psychology. and I did that for a while. And that's kind of how I ended up in the DEI space. I started off at a nonprofit in North Hills where I worked with young people. Um, but, yeah, I did communications work. I actually worked on the radio for a while. Um, I did some work around creating some music there. So I, it's, it's interesting. I hadn't thought about that, Dr. Francis, but I was a communications major and I'm communicating now. So I guess it did work out.
0: Absolutely. Um, speaking for profit university. Absolutely. So what have you not done in life that you dream about often that you would like to do?
1: Hmm. The one thing that I, I dream about often doing in life is going on trips out of the country, but without having access to the internet. <laughs> Unplugged trips. Those are things that I that I think and that I dream about. Um, and it's just something about being away and and being back to the way it used to be before we had social media in that world um that's really attractive to me. I'm really excited we we have a trip to Portugal in a month, and I'm really excited to just be in in the castles and in the buildings and of course, I'll take my camera so that I can take some pictures, but really an opportunity to unplug. I often tease with my friends that when i when I retire and I plan on retiring early, I want to retire before. Um, before I turn 50, that they're going to find me somewhere painting the same tree um, in a house with no address that just has coordinates on how to get there. I just really want to want to tap into some isolation. Those are the things I kind of dream of.
0: What is the best decision, Evolve, that, you has, that you've made as a leader?
1: The best decision that I've made as a leader is delegation and resourcing. Uh, so this is one of the things I talk to my clients at S4P about on a on a daily basis is when things are on your to-do list and they stay there and they're not moving and they're needles that will move your business forward, we want to think about how can we delegate it or how can we resource it. And what I mean by that is Instead of thinking, oh, I need to go and update my website, think about who can update my website, right? Who can support me in moving this needle forward? And sometimes thinking about your resources. Do you have a friend? Do you have a family? Do you have a promo code on Squarespace where you get your website set up really quickly? What are the resources that you have to get it done? So I would say one of the biggest biggest and best decisions I've made this year is being willing to delegate more and resource more and, and like I said, build out those workflows so that the business can, can work in a more streamlined way and it's not just evolve doing all this button pushing and, and overwhelming themselves.
0: Let's talk about legacy. When it's all said and done, how do you want to be remembered?
1: When it's all said and done, I, I want to be remembered for impacting people, transforming their lives, and really being a vessel for people to have more freedom. Uh, I find that while public speaking is very lucrative, I, I did a post recently on my social media because I was doing some research, and the average public speaker makes anywhere between fifty to $60,000 a year, and that's part-time and can make as much as $250,000, which is almost the same amount as a software engineer. So I really want to be a person that pulls back the blinds on the speaking industry and how powerful it is, and really support folks in not only making money, but using that to speak for prophecy, speak their dreams, speak the dreams of their family, speak the dreams of their ancestors, speak the dreams of their children's, and manifest them um, by using their voices and and use that power. So I want to be remembered as a speaking for profit coach, uh, as an amazing poet and, and and as a lover of my people and my students and my community.
0: Evolve, if you lost everything and you had to rebuild in 30 days, how would you rebuild and what would you do?
1: Mm, If I lost everything, how would I rebuild? I think the one thing that you always need that you can build out of the world out of is a phone. So probably the first thing that I would get would be a phone, even if I had to rent a phone and then I would start to build an audience um, and I would put put a product up and I would sell it so I can get a little bit of wealth to take care of myself. The other thing that I would do is I would reach out to my friends, family, and loved ones, not to support my business, but to support me, because if I lost everything, I would definitely need that spiritual, that family love and that time um, so that my, my folks and my people could love on me and really support me. So first thing, I'm re- rewind that first thing. I would go to God. I would pray. Then I would go to my family and my loved ones and get some love. And then I would get back to business right, and, and create get back to creating a brand that's going to be successful. Um, And that's going to change people's lives because the the one thing I want all entrepreneurs to know that, and this is why I love your podcast, Dr. Francis, you really give these amazing tips and insight. As long as we are helping people and serving people and solving a problem, we will always be in business, right? Um, That is really our job and what we're meant to do is to be in an act of service and to really help people transform their lives.
0: Now in your course or in your coaching, do you talk to people about their messaging or their story? Like if they come to you and say, I want to um, do speaking, but they don't really know how to craft their topics. Do you guys do that, that work around that?
1: Yep, we do. We do. We actually had a masterclass last year that we have on sale that's in replay. And all of our coaching coaching clients get access to this called Crafting Your Signature Talk. Um, and what I talk about in that particular masterclass is three things. One, what are What is a, a signature talk that you want to bring in? Because if you listen to any speaker, whether it's Will Smith, Obama, Oprah, there's a central story that they've told throughout their life that they'll tell over and over again. And you get better at telling it. Uh, the second thing is, what do you want to be known for as you're putting together your signature talk, right? There's a story aspect which pulls our audience in. And then there's a message that we want to be known for. I always have a message that I want people to upgrade their impact and their income. And you can hear that throughout my story. And then the third thing, right, is putting together an amazing outline. Because what often happens is that speakers try to put together speeches and memorize them. And that doesn't really come off authentic people don't want to hear you read a speech. So having an amazing outline and an outline template that you can utilize, no matter what speech you're using, is always going to be a powerhouse for you as a speaker, because it's something that you can quickly put together on a napkin. It's something that you can put together in a few hours, um, and you can know the pace of how you want to guide your audience through your story. And that that masterclass is called Crafting Your Signature Talk.
0: And how can they get that?
1: Definitely, if they just simply text me the word speak to 323-405-9492, they'll get access to all of that information.
0: Thank you for that. What is the one thing that you do daily that impacts people's lives?
1: I think the one thing that I do daily that impacts people's lives is I make sure to meditate (laughs) and I make sure to spend time with spirit. And the reason I say that that impacts people's lives is that it comes from the beginning part of our conversation, Dr. Francis, where we were talking about coming from that overflowing cup. Um, I make sure that I cleanse my spirit. I take care of my spirit so that when I show up for my clients, prospects, or even when I show up with this interview for you today, I'm, I'm really able to be grounded and to be in an act of service. And I believe that. The main way to do that is by taking care of myself. So daily meditation, um, daily prayer. I have my water right here, right next to me. I try to stay hydrated so that I can really show up um, as my best self. And I love having that time to spend with myself and to spend with spirit because it really grounds me um, and prepares me to, to, to give from an overflowing cup.
0: Or that self-care is mental, physical, spiritual. Pick one, and which one is speaking to you today and why?
1: The one that's speaking for me today is that, that self-care is spiritual, and the reason I, I will say that is um, I truly feel that the way that we care for ourselves is an indication of the way we've seen our ancestors take care of themselves. Um, and sometimes that's the things we've seen them do and seen the things that they didn't do. Uh, so I mentioned earlier that my mother passed away when I was 21 and, and she passed away from a heart attack because she was stressed. So one of the things for my self-care is to not be stressed, right, and to pay attention to my heart health. So for me, it's very spiritual because being connected to my ancestors, knowing their stories, knowing what they've been through um, and and being connected in prayer uh, allows me to think about that often and to make sure that I'm making um, that part of my health a priority.
0: If you could spend time with one person. And you could have a dinner conversation with living or not. Who is that one person and why would you spend dinner with them? Mm,
1: If I could spend time with one person and have a dinner conversation, it probably would be the late, great Kobe Bryant. I'm a, I'm a big Kobe Bryant fan. Um, And the reason I would want to speak with, with Kobe is one, I felt like as an athlete, he was an amazing speaker. I mean, If folks look him up on YouTube, he has just some really great speeches. Uh, But really what I appreciate about him is his concept around the Mamba mentality. And for folks who don't know, the Mamba mentality is all about getting better every day so that you can compete against the the latest version of yourself. Um, And I would love to talk to him about, you know, how he... He, he, he mentions in one of his speeches that he always made contracts with himself, um, but how he knew when he needed to make a new contract, right? How did he know when he needed to shift some of his, his agreements with himself? And then I would just love to hear about how cool it was to be a teammate with Shaquille O'Neal and Rick Fox and all of those amazing Lakers that I used to watch. So I would love to to sit and talk to the, to the late, great Kobe Bryant.
0: Yes, he was phenomenal. What is your most costly lesson that you have learned in life or business?
1: The most costly lesson that I've learned in business is to nurture your audience and nurture the people that you really want to work with. Um, I When I first started this business, I used to get frustrated because I would reach out to someone and they would tell me they would have a problem, like they didn't know how to price their speaking engagement or they didn't know where to start or maybe they knew where to start but they weren't getting paid enough and I knew I had the juice as I call it I knew I had the courses I knew I had the coaching I knew I had the community but they wouldn't be ready right away and what I've learned is that it takes people a while people want to be nurtured so having a, an opportunity to invite them to a free master class or to text message with them and get to know them to really build that trust because ultimately whether a person's spending nine dollars or nine hundred dollars um, they're investing their money and they're investing their energy and their time in you um, and you want to make sure that they're aligned to work with you as well so I think that that's that's the one thing I, w- I would say nurture your audience and not be so transactional it's not really about swiping a card it's, it's really about being in an act of service and some of my clients, I mean, I get to hang out with their kids on our Zoom calls. I, I've been working with them for a year. I've met their partners. Some of them have challenges with their older family members who are transitioning to the other side. So, you know, you're building a life and a community with folks. So, so nurturing your audience is, is the one thing that I want to mention.
0: Thank you for that. Evolve, there are so many businesses and brands that are dominating. Talk about a business or brand that's dominating that you admire and why.
1: That's a great question, Dr. Francis. A a, a brand that I really admire right now that I've been following for a while are the folks at Earn Your Leisure. Um, They're actually another entrepreneurship podcast and they have a university. Um, They're really grounded in financial literacy. And If if folks haven't listened to it, please check it out. But what I really appreciate about Earn Your Leisure in particular is their growth. I mean, for the last two years, they've, they consistently have about five to 7,000 people on their lives. Um, They have branded trucks that they use, (laughs) to be able to support their business. Um, They have an amazing event called the Invest Fest. So seeing their growth in this amount of time has been really powerful, but I love that they're connecting financial literacy for people of color, especially Black people. And I don't think anyone's done it on that level. Um, And they're doing it in a way that makes it accessible because they connect it to culture, right? So they connect it to sports, they connect it to hip hop, um, and I think it just really attracts a particular black people that weren't really talking about stocks and home investments and financial literacy in the same way, probably a few years ago. So that's the brand that, I, that I'll shout out for today is earn your leisure. I really appreciate them. And um, they just give so much free knowledge. When you talk about nurturing your audience they're the powerhouse in that they give so much stuff for free that by the time you pay, you're like, I'm ready for it. Like I know that there's going to be so much value on the inside.
0: Wow. Thank you for that. I'll have to check them out because I had not um, heard of them at all. So yep. thank
1: you for that. Yeah. Their owners are Rashad Bilal, I believe and i cannot remember the other it's it's like a two man two man show um but they have some they have a few shows under their podcast as well who do you who's your brand what brand do you love dr francis
0: um what do you mean
1: what brand would you have shared today if that was your question
0: oh what brand oh okay what what brand would i shout out yeah Oh my gosh, I love this. Now this, you know, Evolve, this is so amazing that you're doing this, that you've done this three or four times. And I had one other person do that since I've been doing the show since 2017 that has turned the tables. Um, So one of the um, brands that I would have to shout out right now is going to be Slutty Vegan. Mm. And the reason I'm going to um, shout her out is one, um, I'm not doing the slutty part, but I am doing a little bit more plant-based. I've gone plant-based. So that's the number one reason. But the second reason is I think that she has been shouted out the most for black businesses on my podcast as the brand or business. And I have not yet interviewed her She has not accepted the offer yet, but that's the reason I'm shouting her out because she has gotten the most shout outs for um, brands and businesses. So thanks for that.
1: No problem. And I love Slutty Vegan. I don't know if you've been to the the restaurant, Dr. Francis, but it's good. It's some yummy food. I have (laughs)
0: not. I have not been to ATL in a minute. So, but I hear that it is phenomenal. And the um, lines are out the door. So I really shout out to um, what she's done. So that's, that's often, that's amazing. Let's talk about the wealth gap and the black community. How do we eradicate the wealth gap?
1: (sighs) You know, I I think the, The foundation of eradicating the wealth gap is definitely literacy, people knowing. Um, I know for me, I didn't really start my my journey of financial literacy until I turned probably like 26, 27. I had no idea um, about building credit, right? Like saving money, what appropriate accounts to save it in, stock investments. That's really when I started my journey. So I think the younger we can Get folks to know about it. It's really powerful. I know I'm always sending YouTube videos, articles to my younger cousins just to give them an opportunity. And because they have access to their phones and they know about crypto and all this different stuff, I feel like they're already ahead of the game. So I would say the foundation is financial literacy. And I think that the next thing is like, how do we create wealth um, when folks aren't here? So one conversation I was just having with one of my amazing friends recently was that I did the calculation. My mother was a registered nurse. Um, She passed when I was 21 years old. And if she would have lived until now, that would have been probably around almost $1.5 million that my family would have gotten from her income. So I think it's very important that we also invest in the when we're not here, and have you know life insurance policies to be able to continue to build that wealth for our family, um, so those are the two things that I think that we can do. I don't know if it'll ever be eradicated, right? This is a historical thing that is on many levels, and as we go into a recession, and and you know that's always an exchange of wealth. But I think that if we can start with the foundations of literacy, and then making sure we have space for when our loved ones are not here to continue to grow that wealth. I think that could be a powerhouse um, to be able to support that.
0: Whoa, Evolve, um, you have mentioned several times in the um, interview about the passing of your mom. And I want to say that I am sorry about your loss and I should have acknowledged it um, when you first mentioned it. And when you talk about life insurance policy, um my husband of 29 years, he passed away in March of this year.
1: Oh, no. I'm so sorry to hear that.
0: Yeah. And so, in since his passing, um, there has been five friends that have passed away, and um, after his passing, there was five people that was in hospice, and the last has just passed away, and I'm actually... Uh, participating in the services on tomorrow. Mm. The only reason I bring that up because it's very personal and it's still really raw emotions is that out of the five, two of the five potentially are going to lose their properties, their oh, home. Wow! That they it will go back, and so. When we talk about intergenerational wealth and wealth building and, and, um, and then just the family having challenges, um, burying or cremating or, or whatever, it, it just, I'm just like torn. So when you said that I was, I'm just like, like literally frozen. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, it's so important that we, we know more about it. And I love that you brought in not just insurance, right? Like, having make sure you have an estate plan, a will, like, where does your property go when you're not here? So many of those things can support us. Because like you said, two of those people, that might be, that's a loss of generational wealth in their family. And it's an emotional impact at the end of the day as well.
0: And when we talk about that intersection of that, because even doing my own research and I'm, and and I'm giving myself 30 days and I'm calling it, get your house in order. Right. Uh And I'm meeting with attorneys and setting things up, you know, um, if in fact, because we're all going to go that way. But when I think about um, what that entails and so just like, there's a deed, um, a death upon a deed up on death where you can transfer your property, but that may be what they're calling that is the poor people's way to transfer the wealth, right? Mm. And the reason they say that, because for example, in the state of Nevada, even though that's a way that you don't possibly lose your your home, but what happens is that they will not grant you title for eighteen to thirty-six months. Whoa. So the person that you give that property to, can they keep that property up if it's not paid off for eighteen to thirty-six months? So we have to. So the real thing that is the real answer there: uh, a living trust, and knowing mm-hmm. the difference between the the living will, the living trust putting it, I mean, to keep from probate. We can go on and on and on. As you can see, this is so um, personal to me that something has to be done.
1: Yeah. And I love that you brought in that difference because I had no idea about it and I wrote it down to look more into it. But yeah, yeah, that's that's a piece of education that I think could be really powerful because sometimes, like you said, it's the poor man's way, right? And when it comes to, to black folks in our literacy, a lot of times we just learn from one another. Well, granny said it, Auntie said it. Right. So, right. right. Like we just pass it along. This is how you do it. But if we we have that shift to understand w- what more protection is, I'm sure that more people will do it. So I'm hoping that folks who are listening can tap into that.
0: And so we did have a question. Let me just check in. He said, Have you had an experience with this new phenomenon? of crypto mortgages. And no, we haven't. And um, do you want to come to the table and give us more insight on that? Uh Oh, wait a minute. How do I go back? Uh, Is it Illumino? Did you want to chime in on that? We had a listener ask a question, and I'm going to answer it no, but it was a great question, and I will definitely um, check it out. Do you have any insight on that, Evolve, about crypto mortgages?
1: I have not heard of that, but I'm I'm sure it's very interesting. It's, It's so interesting to me, all the things that people are doing with crypto and blockchain, but I have not heard of this before. But I think it's a great question.
0: Yeah, and I'm putting it on my on my um, pad right now to do more research and see if I can even get a speaker on that. So thank you so much. Thank you, Illumino, for actually chiming in with that question. And we want to thank our audience for joining in. And if you have any other questions or you have a question for Evolve or myself, let us know. Evolve, if you... Um, conducted this interview, what is the one question you would have asked yourself? I want you to ask the question and answer it.
1: Mm. The one question that I would ask myself if I was interviewing myself on this amazing show is what is one tip that I would particularly give to Black entrepreneurs? Um, And the one tip that I would give to Black entrepreneurs is to collaborate over competition. Um, I'm in so many community spaces with other Black entrepreneurs, and I often see a lot of competition and not enough collaboration. And um, this is the reason I'm, I'm able to be on this amazing show with with Dr. Francis, right, is, is the willingness to collaborate, meet new people, um, because that's really what's going to grow and build our businesses. Uh, so that's the, the one thing that I would always ask and would definitely give feedback on to make sure you're collaborating, whether you're going on podcasts, going out and supporting other people's events. Um, And doing it from the act of service and not expecting to always get paid right away, but really an opportunity to build with people, to grow with them, um, and to get to know another business. Because the more I get to know about other businesses, the more I'm able to grow my own.
0: That is awesome. Um, Before we go into the fun facts lightning round, I want to give our audience another opportunity if they have a question um, to feel free to ask our next part of our interview. It's called rapid round of fun. I'm going to ask you a series of questions evolve and I want you to give me very quick answers. If there's something you desire not to answer, feel free to say pass. Are you ready for the fun facts for the um, rapid Round of, rapid round of fun?
1: Let's do it. Let's do it. This is fun. I'm excited. I love hearing this on your show.
0: <laughs> you relax doing what?
1: I'm relaxed doing, watching TV.
0: The last movie you saw?
1: The last movie that I saw was Forrest Gump. I know, OG, 90s movies. (laughs) (laughs) I love Forrest Gump. I still watch it.
0: (laughs) Run, Forrest, run. (laughs) Your favorite singer or rapper?
1: My favorite rapper is Nipsey Hussle.
0: Your favorite dance song
1: my favorite dance song is o m g by usher
0: What food do you eat every week, no matter what
1: uh food I eat every week, no matter what is salmon
0: Your favorite month
1: my favorite month is August shouts out to all my leos
0: work out or hit the couch
1: workout definitely
0: evolve benton thank you so much for joining us on black entrepreneur experience podcast live before we let you go why don't you share with our audience the best way for them to connect with you and to do business with you and feel free to leave all your social media handles
1: Definitely. Folks, thank you so much for listening. Dr. Francis, thank you so much for this opportunity. I'm Evolve Benton, the Speaking for Profit coach. If you want to connect with me, please send me a text message to 323-405-9492. Include the word speak, and I'll connect with you and send you over some information about speaking for profit. If you just want to follow our work and see more of our work and what we're doing, you can check us out at S4P. That's the number four, S4PUniversity.com. And if you just want to follow me and check out my work and explore some of my poetry, um, explore some of the live sessions that I have, I just did a great live session on how to price yourself as a speaker. I do live trainings every week. You can just follow me everywhere at Evolve Benton. um, And I would be happy to connect with you and learn more about you and your business and ways that you're growing.
0: Thank you, Evolve. That's a wrap. And we want to thank our audience again for joining us on Black Entrepreneur Experience Podcast Live. That's a wrap.